Hello, and welcome to the episodic audiobook series where I, Con Lavery, write and read novels that I have written. Now we are entering season three, where the previous two seasons was the horror novel Seed Me and the paranormal fiction uh, Fire, Pain, and Ruin, a Rutherford Manor novel being season two. And for season three, we are going to dive into the macrogosm. And if you've been following my work for a while, you would be familiar with the Into the Macrocosm short story collection, which was built or written over the span of a two and a half years on monthly short stories on the blog. And after each short story was released um, monthly, they were um, converted into audio version and then the artwork for the short stories. And then once they were all done, I compiled them, revised them, and then put them into a massive collection, which is known as Into the Macrocosm, the first of a short story collection series that basically puts everything under one obscure universe um, for the most, most of the work I have done, such as the Mental Damnation series, the horror novel Seed Me, Rave, which just came out, um, Yegman, and some of the newer ones I have in Rough Drafts. All of this is kind of kept under one superverse. Uh, a lot of this can be discovered on the Wikipedia at my website. Now, I'll read you the synopsis for Into the Macrocosm short story collection before we jump in, and we're going to follow the whole storyline because there is an overarching plot for this short story collection, so they're not just one-offs that have no relation to one or the other. So, into the macrocosm. Enter an obscure universe through the lives of 22 souls as the Nameless One and their ghoulish companion attempt to unlock the mysterious past of how they died. Yet, danger lurks even in the post-death realm, the Midway, and it is not keen on mortal visitors. Award-winning author Con Lavery's short story collection explores his expanding macrocosm, sharing the same universe as his previous works such as the horror novel Seed Me, Thriller Yegman, and the dark fantasy series Mental Damnation. These interconnected tales bring everything under one strange, unsettling cosmos. So there you have it. There are the 22 short stories, and they've all been published in some form or another, whether it's the blog or a small press, um, and we're going to jump into the very first one, which is uh, an introduction to the Nameless One and their ghoulish companion. 1. Welcome to the Midway. An explosion? Wait, no. A car crash? Stabbed? Or hanged? The details are muddled and are impossible to recall. You've moved so far away from the living... Everything is cold, so cold, right after the brief moment of shock. The one thought that passes through your shutting down mind is, I'm dead. At this moment, your brain floods with a blast of chemicals. It is trying to cope with the fact that the body is indeed turning off forever. Life doesn't end though. You're now seeing that the flesh isn't you as you experience weightlessness, the chill, the dark. An abstract sense of space, yet you don't have a body. Time is entirely still as the world fades away. 
Linear thoughts are becoming more mangled. You try to pass a statement through your mind, tempted to ask, what is this? But ultimately, you feel no need to do so as dozens of expressions run through you. These ideas aren't made up of the linear form of language, giving them more flexibility and potency. Love. Peace. Warmth. Wait a minute. Warmth. That's a refreshing change from the iciness of death. Light. An array of post-death colors blast by you, moving in waves outward, intricately overlaid with geometric patterns. The more closely you look at them, the more you discover tinier designs within them, continuing endlessly. The rays themselves are so vibrant you wonder if you could ever explain them. Your vision is seeing more within the spectrum of light than any human eye could. So many colors. In a strange sense, despite being so far away from everything and everyone that matters, you feel at home. It's as if everything is going to be okay. Your consciousness has risen, broadening your understanding of life, the universe, and how everything so closely connects on a molecular level. The warm feeling is inviting, overpowering, and it pushes everything else aside as you experience this euphoria. Call it heaven, nirvana, whatever human-bound word you choose matters not. Life after death, beautiful. What's that? There's a black spot in the center of the color array. Strange. It's growing. Even without a body, you feel a harsh vibration, like an earthquake. Disturbance. The black spot pulls apart, ripping the colors like fabric. It spins as it tears even more space, twisting around and around, sucking the colors into the unknown. Deep purple and blue smoke seeps from the center of this new blackness. The rumbling you feel shifts into a sucking force, pulling you into the unknown. You can't control yourself, helpless, being pulled into the black as all colors twist into thin lines until they're nothing. The welcoming feeling of peace, home, and oneness are foggy. You are stuck on this horror roller coaster of darkness, descending deeper into the abyss with no way out. The expanding consciousness is closing. The oneness you feel is gone as the regular, direct, word-based thoughts of your mind return. It's as if you are alive once more. The black and blue spirals seem to go on forever. Lightning, purple clouds, and loud crackling are all around in this strange vortex. You swear you can see faces in the storm, hands of the lost souls reaching upward, trying to pull you in. New or familiar, depending on how you look at it, senses come to you in the form of a body. Smell, rotten, taste, stale, touch. Bitter breeze, sound, groans of death, vision, unfathomable. The spiral comes to an end with a loud thundering boom, pushing the clouds away, bringing the haunting ghost hands with it. You fall a few feet onto a rocky gray surface with a heavy thud, nose first. Nose first. A nose. Yours. The body has returned to you. It's healthier, at prime age. You're able to push yourself up with arms and stand upright. The form is familiar, but so much better, making you wonder how this could be. You must be alive, otherwise you wouldn't have a body. Perhaps this is some strange form of reincarnation. If it is, we humans got it all wrong because this grey landscape is no part of Earth. 
You gaze out into the scene of nothing, reinforcing your thoughts. Everything fades to blackness beyond the edge of the strange oval-shaped plateau. The darkness goes on forever, just below the not-so-ordinary sky. That black and blue vortex of spiraling faces is directly above. The damned vacuum that pulled you from euphoria is now hovering over your head, mocking you. How unexpected. A growly, reverbing voice echoes. The voice is doubled, like two beings talking simultaneously. It comes from the dark, all around, and it is impossible to pinpoint the origins. You want to respond, but are petrified. Everything is beyond confusing. One moment you are alive, and now you're here, in some form of life after death. No mortal ends of falling into and out of death's vortex. The being continues. This may be a first. Lightning and thunder erupt from above, catching you off guard. You take a step back, walking into a light blue smoke channeling below your feet. You move. It follows, growing larger. You try to shake it off as the spirals move up your limbs. Maybe swatting it will work. Nope. Your hand goes right through it and you hit yourself in the junk. It looks like you can feel pain again too. The animated fog swirls away from your lower region and into open space. Dark black and blue smoke follows, appearing from the unknown as the elements clash together, moving through and around each other. They compress and mold into a torso, lean arms, and a skull with an extended muzzle. Sharp teeth, white eyes, and tentacle-like black hair form. The being's inner core contains the bright blue vapor while the other smoke transforms into a translucent outer layer like the white of an egg. Even without pupils, in the glowing white eyes, the being is undoubtedly looking right at you. There are no legs. It floats effortlessly from the dissipating smoke below, endlessly channeling from the body. The tentacle-like hair flows up and down in a zero-gravity state, unlike your body, which is clearly bound by gravity. Well... The being says, folding its arms, exposing the crosses scarred on its wrists. You are speechless, uncertain how to reply, and you say, Am I dead? The being laughs. <laughs> Am I dead? It repeats. I'm guessing you were a comedian in your past life. I... You pause, thinking about the question. Were you a comedian? Now you're uncertain. You try to think back to the jobs you've had. Blank. Nothing. There's a giant gap in your knowledge. This is disturbing. You try and recall anything else about your past. Loved ones, your first kiss, family, places you've been, the food you like, all of it, gone. You've forgotten every memory and everything you knew, yet you're you. You know it. I... You look down at your hands. Yes, those are yours. I don't remember anything. No, you wouldn't, the being says. What do you mean? I know I had a life. I was there. Yet you can't recall a single memory. The thought annoys you. 
lacking memory is frustrating. It's there, like a dream fading away while waking up, leaving you with nothing but vague feelings. W what is happening to me? You are dead. You got that right. So keep observing your surroundings. Dead. The being confirms it. You had a life. One that has slipped from your memories. A brief moment of sadness washes over you, or all the things you cherished in life are now gone. You can't recall any of them, no matter how important they once were. You want to freak out and scream in horror. Your lungs tighten as you forget to breathe. Your hands are shaking. Energy hums through you as you're about to have a conniption. The being speaks, pulling you back into the moment. What interests me is how did you end up here? The being asks, coming closer to you, only an arm's reach apart. This can't, this can't be. I, I'm dead? Yes, we just discussed that. You rub your fingers together, feeling the texture and pressure of your skin. How? The being extends one of its long claws, poking your forehead. It hurts. The skin is punctured. That is what makes you a fascinating anomaly. You touch the pierced spot on your head. There's a small bead of blood. You can feel pain. You have to be alive. I'll ask again, the being says. How did you end up here? You scratch your head, trying to breathe calmly. I don't know. There were colors, brightness, and... The being interrupts you. Yes, yes, home, warmth, broadening of the mind, all that typical nonsense that you experience when you die. Every mortal feels it. I want to know what was different, because that was supposed to continue until you've become one with it. I was supposed to? Yet, you were pulled into and out of Death's Vortex. Death's Vortex? You ask? Yes. The being points above. An endless spiral moving inward. The resting bed for all souls once they've lived out their needed lives. Those are souls? People? You take another look at the vortex above, examining the wraith-like faces coming and going through the spirals. You'd think they would be in fear, but their expressions are neutral. Those hands are still trying to reach for you. Observant, the being says. What happened? You ask. Who are you? I should really have a welcome brochure, the being mumbles to itself. Even if I did, you are no normal case. Your soul's trajectory was interrupted. What? Who would do that? Might not be a who, but what? The being says. Okay, so what did it? Where are my memories? You ask. Gone. Perhaps it is related to how you died. Or your soul was in mid-transition of entering its next life. 
which would have erased them. Memories are always wiped when your next life begins. Let's see if there's any drop of knowledge in that primitive brain of yours. Answer me this. Were you practicing any forms of magic? I don't think so. Dark arts? Not sure what the difference is. Quantum experiment? Particle matching? Wave manipulation? Deal with the demon? No, no, no. I can't remember anything. Most interesting. The being stroked its long jaw, staring at you, not blinking. Many questions run through your mind. Where are you? What happened to your memories? Who are you? What is the meaning of all this? They spin around in your head until you finally blurt one out, saying, What is your name? The being breaks from its thoughts and introduces itself. I am Malfaretes. Seeing how useless you are, you probably don't know yours. No, I can't say I do, you reply. Alright, then we'll call you the Nameless One. That doesn't have a ring to it, you say. Come up with a better name then, Malfaretes says. At the moment, you can't. It's tough to think of a new name when you're completely flustered with not knowing anything about yourself. So, you say, we'll work on it. Anyway, what are you? I am a ghoul, a being birthed of death's vortex. Unlike your carbon-based life, I come from the nether. The nether? Here, where we are, I'm one of many ghouls. We're the conscious state of death's vortex, expressed through individual entities. What? This just gets more confusing. Let me explain in a way you will understand. What period were you alive in? Malfaretes asks. I don't know. Of course. Useless. Alright. Judging by how you talk, you probably were alive during some technological advancements. I am a piece of a hive mind. A projection of a larger consciousness with a twist of my own. Do you know what the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are in human religion, Christianity? I think so. Think of me like that. All three are one, yet each has their own personality, or ego, if you will. Okay, so if you're this death vortex, can you take me out of here? If only it were that simple. You see, you're now encased in a body again. You have flesh. I could kill you if you'd like. That would work. The thought passes through your mind. Considering you died once and don't remember how, dying doesn't seem too bad. Then again, experiencing the pain at the moment doesn't sound appealing. You scratch your head, unsure what to say. Malfaretes raises his claw. 
but you'd be thrown into death's vortex. It's a magnet for souls when you're here. You won't go back to the soothing colors that will transcend you into a new life. Reincarnation? You ask. Quick learner. Fair enough. What is here, anyway? You said the nether? The ghoul hovers away, presuming you will follow. So you do. With each step you take, the darkness moves away from you. The vortex above behaves like a spotlight, beaming directly over you and the ghoul. Here is the midway, Malfaretti says. Like purgatory, you ask. You do have some knowledge in that brain of yours after all. But no, purgatory is a simplified explanation mortals have come up with for multiple wells you can end up in post-death. Dimensions. Sort of. Not overly relevant right now. Dimensions make things too complicated. What we're interested in is knowing what happened to you. What about realms? You ask. You're mortal. Therefore, you're from the mortal realm. It's simple. Malfaretti says. The two of you reach the edge of the oval plateau. What else is in this realm? You ask, looking out into the vast darkness. Don't bother. This plateau is all that matters. Malfredi says, hovering towards a stone spiral staircase off to the side, leading down. Over the edge is a vast black sea, thousands of feet below. The water is so still, it almost looks like a mirror. You can only wonder what lies beyond. If anything, you stare at the ocean for a moment and shake your head realizing you'd best follow Malfaretti's until you have some grasp of what is happening. You hurry to catch up to the ghoul, following him down the stairs and into the vast cavern where large stalactites hang from a dome-like ceiling covered in condensation. The sandy ground inclines to the center of the cave, where a matted, black pedestal rests topped with a smooth golden bowl. Droplets fall from the large stalactite directly above, dripping into the dish. The distance of the droplets fall is so precise that nothing splashes outside of the bowl. Malfredis moves up to the hill and to the bowl, saying, Come, we must find out why you are here. If you did something in your mortal days to pierce through the soul's natural passage, that is an extraordinary power. That is unfathomable. I'd have to be pretty smart to be the first to do that. You would, which seems unlikely. I propose it is a series of events that managed to jolt you from your soul's trajectory. A freak scenario of the cosmos, if you will. Or... Someone else has unlocked an exceptional power. I did see the center tear apart before coming here. Interesting. And it brings you here. Malfaretti says. The Midway, you say. Correct. 
The Midway was built by us schools to allow us to phase in and out of space-time. Space-time? Malferetti sighs. Ah, you are a pile of uselessness, aren't you? We aren't going to have a science crash course. Time and space are interchangeable. We ghouls shift through them, letting us feast on the dead. Bathe ourselves in the dying. So you're like the Grim Reaper. Malferetti snorts. Grim Reaper? No, I'm not. Sounds like you are, you say. I am only an observer of death. It feeds my life force, despite being connected to the larger hive mind. We ghouls possess our own personalities. I, for one, relish in Schadenfreude. You reach for the shrine beside Malferetti's, who is standing directly beside the golden bowl. The ghoul looks into it. For your overly simplified thinking, he explains, this midway lets the users enter and leave periods. You can exist within the space or simply observe through the mind of another. You lean over to the bowl, looking into the black liquid that sits peacefully within. How strange, for you just saw a droplet land inside. It seems like there are more otherworldly mysteries to be discovered. You point at the bowl and ask, through this bowl. Exactly. Dumping your head right in will send you to a specific time and precise space. Depending on the potency, you may be a spectral, like a ghost, or a fully formed being. Sprinkle a few droplets over your eyes and you will become an observer. An observer? Well, we can adjust where and when you end up observing. This will aid us in trying to figure out how you died, when you died, and who you are. These answers will give us a sense of how you ended up here. And you want to help me? Whatever means that got you here disrupted a delicate balance for souls. I, for one, don't want any more of you showing up in the midway. Or, if someone did do this, they may be a threat. This place is for us ghouls, not mortals, or anyone else. You look around the cavern unsure about this whole bowl concept. The space is large and the cavern descends deeper into darkness. At the edge of shadows, you can see another sandy hill with a matte red pedestal and a golden bowl resting on it. What about that bowl? You ask. Again, we don't need to get into dimensions. Everything gets sticky, Malferetti says. What if something from another dimension did this to me? Let's start with the practical, shall we? And there's no way you can put me back to that peaceful state, you ask? No, unfortunately not. 
Your soul is here now. Death's vortex awaits. But this bull sends you to different places? Yes, Malfaretti says. So I could just dive into it and live a new life. Forget all of this. You could, but you're inexperienced and have no knowledge of controlling the midway. You could end up in a torture chamber, or maybe a planet filled with flesh-eating man-rabbits nibbling away at you. Gross. Very. Let me control the bowl. Malfredi dips one claw into the black liquid, scooping up a small amount. He uses his other two claws to rub the fluid around his palm, gently poking it. It's unclear what he is doing. Maybe he is adjusting that space-time thing he talked about. Malfredi stops, then rises above you. Open your eyes, he commands. What? You take a step back. We're going to find out what happened to you. This will let you observe another's life. We'll shift between time and space to find out who you are. You're just going to make me observe someone's life. Will I feel anything? You will. You will experience everything the other soul does as an observer. We'll throw you into a person's experience, letting us gather any sort of clue that will spark your memory. If there is any, a simple process of elimination. How many times are we going to do this? You ask, looking up at the pool. A droplet of the black liquid dangles from the tip of his claw, soon to fall on you. Hopefully, not many. Human minds are frail. Malfaretti's taps his claw, forcing the droplet to separate. It falls directly into your eye, followed by a couple more drops in the same socket. You close your eyes, feeling a sting, now a burning sensation. You try to rub them, but it makes the pain worse. This hurts, you shout. Embrace it. Let go of yourself, Malfaretti says. His voice is fading. Accept the passing and become the witness of another. Your eyes fly open. The cave, the shrine, and the ghoul begin to dissolve into white. Weightlessness returns to you. This time, it's different, for there is no cold or warmth. You're losing your thoughts as you enter a trance, an observer of another time and place. And that is the end of episode one for the episodic Into the Macrocosm short story collection. The Nameless One is about to witness another's life and Malfaretti's has a kind of a shady aspect of him. And if you've read the Mental Damnation series, he is a familiar character. And uh, he has quite the prominent role in Mental Damnation. So it was fun to bring him back into this short story collection. And I couldn't think of a better character to guide someone into this strange universe. So we get to jump into the first short story next episode 
where we get to find out if the nameless one gets any clues into this person's life as to how they died. So tune in there. But if uh, you can't wait, the short story collection is available in print, ebook, and audiobook on all major distributors like Amazon, Kobo, uh, Apple. You can find it all there. And on top of that, there are always new monthly short stories on the Patreon. So if you want to jump and see future new shorts, they are all there at uh, the Patreon link, which will be in the podcast description. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends, and I'll catch you in the next one. Ciao.